Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Ball Caps and Bagpipes, a Scottish baseball podcast. I'm the Glasgow Comets, John McKellar. And I'm retired former president and baseball Scotland Hall of Famer, Jason Durr. Jason, uh, it's been a while. Um, it's nice to finally get back together. Uh, obviously, we uh, we aren't kind of doing it every week just now because there's not really a hell of a lot to talk about with the continuing COVID-19 lockdown. I hope that you guys are staying safe, though. We're doing well. I said we, we're doing fine. We have uh, friends that are uh, went back to Sweden and they gave us the keys to our flat. So I have an escape flat to use every day. Nice. Nice. As long as you guys are healthy and uh, everything's going okay, that's the main thing. Um, how is the store doing? The store's doing well. We're picked up in business. Uh, I'm glad to see we're, we're, we've reached all our social media guidelines, or not guidelines, our social media um, hits we're hoping for from number of followers. So I'll be having a drawing soon for uh, for that. But yeah, we're doing really well. Great, man. Um, so today on the show, we have uh, a couple of things planned that are slightly different. Um, first off, uh, from a major league standpoint, you and I are going to attempt to answer all 10 questions correctly on yesterday's Major League Baseball Daily Trivia Challenge uh, on the MLB.com website. Uh, the theme would be the other side of historic moments, so I'm guessing that that's people who've given up famous hits and whatnot. So let's see if we can get all 10 between us. Uh, I'll be... I'll probably be riding your coattails on this one. You're the baseball <laughs> historian. <laughs> but we'll see what we can do, and I'll see what I, what I can uh, contribute. Um, later on in the show, we are going to do something a wee bit special. We had the idea a couple of weeks back... Um, to well, I'm going to name my all-time Glasgow uh, team. Uh, so that'll be players who I've either played with uh, as a Comet uh, or against in, on the Galaxy. Uh, and you're going to do the same for Edinburgh. Um, I believe you've uh, decided to add a few extras as well with honourable mentions for uh, all expats and an all-Britain team or just all, all people that you've, like an all-star team of people you've uh, come up against. So this is just the Edinburgh guys, and I've got an all-expats team, and I've got an all-Edinburgh team. So these guys are, are either Scottish or English, but they definitely uh, started baseball in the UK. Sweet, man. Um, so let's start then with the, uh, with the quiz. Uh, this was yesterday's quiz of the day on MajorLeagueBaseball.com. As I said, the uh, theme is Other Side of Historic Moments, and the first question is, who served up a home run to Derek Jeter in 2011? for the Yankees icon's 3,000th career hit. Now, the options are Justin Verlander, David Price, Chris Sale, and Zach Greinke. Now, he hit number 3,000 deep to left field of the Tampa Bay Rays. So it wasn't Justin Verlander or Chris Sale. Zach Greinke, did he pitch for the Rays in 2011? Zach Greinke never pitched for the Rays. So the answer must be David Price. That's what we're going with. We were correct. Jeter took Price Deep to join Wade Boggs as the only players to homer for their 3,000th hit. Alex Rodriguez joined that club in 2015. Who gave up Barry Bonds' record-breaking 756th career home run in 2007? The options are Mike Baxick, Chris Capuano, Zach Duke and Jeff Francis. Now, I'm going to need your help here, man, because <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. Uh, who was the first guy again? Mike Baxick. Yeah, it's Mike Baxick. You are correct, sir. Uh, Bonds doubled off Baxick in the second inning and added a single in the third before teeing off for his historic homer in the fifth. Question three. Fernando Tatis remains the only player in Major League Baseball to hit two grand slams in the same inning. Which pitcher was on the mound for both of those homers in 1999? Jeez. I know the answer to this. You know the answer, okay. Yes, the answer is Chan Ho Park. Right, okay, yeah, that, that was right, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I was waiting for you to get <laughs> myself, but uh, yeah, that, that does sound correct. Park, who didn't receive much help defensively in the inning, was removed after the second grand slam. <laughs> Only six of the 11 runs here allowed over two and two-thirds innings were earned runs. But he, that was like the second inning, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Well, he was, yeah, he lasted until the the third. So it was two and two-thirds innings he pitched. Yeah, okay. Um, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> what a day. <laughs> um, question four. On the unforgettable final day of the 2011 regular season, who gave up Evan Longoria's walk-off homer, which sent the Rays to the postseason? The 
Possible answers are Scott Proctor, Corey Wade, Luis Ayala, and Boone Logan. Oh man, that's gonna be a tough. One. My gut is telling me Scott Proctor. But then it could have been Corey. I mean, it was the Yankees, I believe, that they played. I'm trying to think. Boone, the, the race rings a bell, but I want to say, um, uh, did he play for the Yankees? That's my, my biggest question. Is... Boone Logan pitched for the Yankees, yeah. And that's what I'm going with, going with Boone. We'll go with Boone Logan. Uh, let's go with your gut then, Boone Logan. I thought it might be Scott Proctor. Let's see, let's see if who's right. I was right. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Proctor was the last of 11 pitchers used in that game by the Yankees. Well, the Joe Girardi days there. Who had already clinched the division. The walk-off to Longoria proved to be the final pitch of Proctor's big league career. Oh gosh, well, there you go. <laughs> Question five. Who allowed Mark McGuire's historic asterisk 62nd <laughs> homer in 1998? I love the fact the... there. <laughs> that, uh, that was my editorial comment, the, the asterisk. Um, so the possible answers are Jeff Supan, Glendon Rush, Steve Traxel and Rick Reed. Oh, gosh. Glendon Rush, of course, holds the distinction of being the opposing pitcher for the first Yankee game I ever watched. Oh, man, that's a tough one. Um... It is a tough one. Um, is it... Do you know what? Do you remember what team he was playing against? Well, they sound like Brewers to me. Yeah. So I know Stra- Traxel played for the Brewers. Uh, Glendon Rush pitched to the Blues as well, Brewers as well, but I believe that was later. You know what? I want to go with Supon. I, I, I don't know. I'm just I'm, like, I'm purely guessing on this one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Supan as well. I'll follow your gut. The answer is actually Steve Traxel. Oh, no! Oh, well. It was the Cubs. Steve Traxel was pitching for the Cubs, apparently. McGuire's 62nd homer broke Roger Maris' single-season record of 61 which had stood since 1961, and some would say still stands. Maguire finished with 70 homers in 1998, which, while fellow slugger Sammy Sosa, hit 66. Not doing so hot. Like I said, the first couple, I was like, I got there. Uh, now, uh, <laughs> no, uh, question six. Who was pitching when Bucky F. Dent hit his legendary homer that helped lead the 1978 Yankees to victory in their game 163 tie had Bucky F. Dent, huh? <laughs> the choices are Mike Torres, Luis Tiant, Dennis Eckersley, and Bob Stanley. The only one of those that I know pitched for the Red Sox is Dennis Eckersley because I'm, I'm not really... I, my knowledge of the 70s Red Sox is not great. To Joe, Eckersley was a starter at that point. He wasn't turned into a reliever until later. Um, mm. Louis Tiant was... Uh, you know, Bob Stanley was... I know where I'm leaning towards. Will we go with uh, Bob yeah, Stanley? That, that's where I'm kind of... He's a reliever. That's my, everyone else is a starter. Let's go Bob Stanley. It's incorrect. It was Mike uh. Torres. Torres had cruised through six scoreless innings before allowing the two-out, three-run homer that ha- that has led to Red Sox fans forever referring to Dent by a certain colourful <laughs> nickname. <laughs> so, question seven: In 1974, who allowed Frank uh, Frank Aaron Hank Aaron's 715th career home run, which surpassed Babe Ruth's all-round all-time? I don't record. know much about Frank Aaron, so. <laughs> <laughs> Was it Andy Messersmith, Mike Marshall, Charlie Hoff, or Al Downing? The only one of these four that I've heard of is Al really? Downing. Really? Al Downing? That's a random one. I know, I don't even know how I've heard of him, but yeah, the name is a Andy Messersmith was the guy that was the first free agent. Uh, it was Kurt Flood that caused free agency. Andy Messersmith was the first guy that signed as a free agent. Interesting. Uh, I want to say they played in the same team at this time, but... I, I'm purely just grasping at straws here. Um, who who else is it? I'm trying to think. Mike Marshall and Charlie Hoff. Charlie Hoff was a knuckleballer. Um, I don't know if he played the National League there. I I want to say Messersmith. I'm just but I'm gasping for straws here. Let's go, Andy Messersmith, and we are incorrect. It was Al Downing. <laughs> 
<laughs> Downing, pictured here exiting two batters after serving up Aaron's historic blast, was one of 309 pitchers to allow at least one homer to Hammer and Hank. Man, we, we got off to such a good start, and now it's all wrong. I know, I know. Damn it. Um, question eight. Which Red Sox reliever allowed Roger Maris' iconic 61st homer in 1961? Now, the choices are Tracy Stallard, Mike Fornells, Billy Muffet, and Dave Hillman. Unfortunately, I know absolutely nothing about that era of baseball. Uh, so I wouldn't be able to help with that one. You know, I want to say Dave Hellman. Let's go Dave Hellman. <laughs> We're incorrect. It was Tracy oh, Stallard. <laughs> Maris was just one for seven lifetime against Stallard, but the one hit was obviously yes. a big one. Now, here's one that we are both going to enjoy. Who served up Bobby Thompson's legendary shot haired round the world that won the Giants the pennant in 1950? Did you even need to read the, read the answers off? <laughs> the answers are Don Newcomb, Ralph Branca, Preacher Rowe, and Carl Sorry, I know this one. I'll, I'll let you uh, try to see if you can get there. Ralph Branca's jumping off the screen at yep, me, I okay. think. Well, I'll agree with you. Yep, we are correct. Branca took over for Newcomb with two on, one out, and the Dodgers cl clinging to a 4-2 lead in the ninth inning of the regular season tiebreaker. Thompson promptly welcomed Branca to the game with a walk-off three-run homer to win the pennant. Final question. Who served up the 714th and final homer of <laughs> Babe Ruth's career? Man, that, I mean, I think he was playing for the Boston Braves at this point. Um, it was, so the choices are Red Lucas, Tex Carlton, Guy Bush, and Carl Hubble. <laughs> These don't sound really real names. So Carl Hubble was a Hall of, <laughs> Hall of Famer. So, uh, um, oh, man. Like, I really don't know. I don't think it was Carl Hubble, but because um, I want to say Carl Hubble was a lefty. He was known for his screwball. And, and so mm. uh, Ruth being a lefty, I, I just don't see it happening. Um I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Red Lucas might have been the. Let's go answer. for it, man! Like, like anything is good. Nah, I got it wrong. It was Guy Bush. Yeah, I mean, like... <laughs> Bush pictured on the left here with Hall of Famer Red Ruffing, actually served up the final two homers of Ruth's career. Ruth homered off Pirate starter Red Lucas, then added two more off reliever Guy Bush in the May twenty fifth, nineteen thirty five contest. So we got um, two. <laughs> we scored a whopping four out of ten. So. Um, Hey, no, but we're back four hundred. So you know what? Like that's pretty good. <laughs> this is true, and and I like to say the only way is up. Uh, that was fun. Uh, that was a good one to do. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have to try and do more of those. Uh, we'll have to write a quiz and try and get some players on to try and beat you. Uh, historic major league trivia. Uh, moving forward, but anyway, uh, let's move on to Scottish baseball. Um, there really isn't anything else to report regarding Major League Baseball or uh, you know, starting a season even here. Um, we we don't know what, when it's going to change. Um, it could be quite a while yet. Yeah, I've, I've heard nothing. I, I, I know uh, everyone's watching uh, the Taiwanese League right now uh, to get their fix. Uh, I think the Korean League starts up next week. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I mean, it's something, isn't it? Um, while we wait for everything to get back to normal here. Um, regarding Scotland, uh, we haven't really heard anything regarding the start of our season either. Um, Paul's uh, more or less been sticking to the guidelines laid out by BBF, more or less, I believe, and also obviously the Scottish and UK governments. And at the moment, there's no kind of news on the horizon even regarding when sports might get back to normal. Uh, it's just <laughs> a waiting game, yeah, unfortunately. I mean, there's not much we can do. We're, we're waiting to see what people say and what we can do. Uh, uh, you know, they're fighting the, the BBF guidelines and, and the BBF has been really good about uh, keep everyone in the loop. I get their email. Uh, yep. So as soon as they say, let's do it, I'm sure we'll get to see people on the field. And if there's one thing that I've learned from lockdown, it's that I really... I'm not ready to be uh, retired from playing baseball. You missed it. <laughs> yeah, very much so. So I think I made the right decision when I when I made the U-turn. 
and decided to go back because uh, I just want to play baseball for God's sake. There's a lot of there. Like I'm getting uh, a lot of people on Twitter just talking about how much they're missing baseball at the moment right now. So I mean, I get that. Yeah, and I want to see Garrett, Garrett Cole pitch for the Yankees <laughs> as well. You know he's going to hurt himself as soon as he gets on the mound. Oh, of course he will. Yeah, I mean he'll, he'll end up needing Tommy John by mid-season or something like that, and win the Yankees luck. <sighs> anyway, you know, yeah, look, like, um, Sir, Sir hurt. Like he's not missing anything, but you know by the time the season starts, he'll be good to go. Yeah, I mean James Paxton is almost a certainty to be ready yeah. for opening day. Uh, <laughs> the same ditto with Giancarlo Stanton and Arden Judge so it could be a blessing in disguise for the Yankees um, we just still don't know what shape or form the Major League season is going to take if there's going to be one um, there have been all kinds of crazy plans uh, kind of put out there like the Arizona thing and also a realignment of divisions that would do away with the American and National Leagues which I thought was quite interesting it would be three divisions of ten uh, I don't but know yeah, if you saw that, that one. That looks really interesting. Um, I think of all the options that have been kind of floated, that one is the one that appeals the most to me. It's just completely, it's something completely yeah, but, different. I mean, have you seen your division? Do you really want to be stuck in that division? <laughs> um, yes. You, you, got to, you have to beat the best anyway. So in order to win, you need to beat the best. So why not play the best every week? I mean, I, I love the idea of the Astros and Dodgers being in the same division as well. <laughs> That could be that could that could end up yeah, in fireworks. It'd be interesting. Uh, I I think, like I said, you, you're looking at like the east and the west being both really tough, and even the central is going to be tough as well. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm all for it. I, I'd be up to to, to see it, we'd get some baseball going. Um, yeah, I think we're all just missing it at the moment. Do you think if we do this and it turns out to be a success that we could see any more anything more permanent in terms of divisional realignment? <laughs> Or do you think it will go back to business as usual? I don't know. I think if uh, if it does well, I think they'll, they'll be open to something like that. Uh, you know, but baseball is also a very traditional sport, so I, I don't really see them doing it either. Uh, I think all they, they're really concerned about is the bottom line in the moment and getting butts and seats. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, butts and seats is exactly what we're looking for. Um, I mean, the NHL did it just a couple of years ago. Uh, so never say never, but I do agree with you. I think that they're probably a wee bit too traditionalist in Major League Baseball to make any kind of radical change like that, at least this soon. Um, but for this year, it could be a novel concept. Yeah, like I said, it would just be one of those quirks in the system. You can go back to 1981 where they had the strike and uh, they split the season in half. Uh, and that was just a, a funny season. And then went yeah. back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, let's move on to our all-time teams. Uh, I'm going to do Glasgow and you're going to do Edinburgh. Uh, would you like to take the floor first? Or would you like to go position um, by position? Well, let's go position by position. Yeah, let's do that then. Um, who do you have pitching? All right, so, uh, so I've done two ways. So they played, they've played. either played in Edinburgh. Um, I've actually played with every person on my list uh, except for one. Uh, so everyone's filled up, but yes, so I've done uh, kind of an all expats team, which would probably be the best team I could put together out of people who have played ball in Edinburgh, and then I put an all Scottish team um, together, and uh, yeah, so for pitcher, uh, the best pitcher I've seen in uh, in Edinburgh has to be Sam Davidson. Sam Davidson, absolutely, um, he's probably, I mean, he's arguably the best pitcher to come along into the Scottish National League since its inception. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, Anyone, anyone who strikes out almost three batters an inning <laughs> during during a, during a season is, uh, you know, is deserving of uh, yes. that kind of high and praise. A, so he, he's one A and one B would be uh, Ben Pope. And I don't remember if you remember Ben. Uh, he came from came over for a year and, and pitched, and he was so happy to just to get in the field and play. He didn't care where he was going to play, but he had an arm on him. He he learned a knuckleball for fun uh, in ball. <laughs> Yeah, you've uh, you've told a couple of stories about Ben Pope on the show before, I believe. Uh, I never met Ben. I don't think I ever played with him. I think that he must have been gone before I, I came into the league. So, yeah, so those are the, my, my, my two on there. I mean, I never played with Sam, but, you know, he did do really well when he did. Uh, he He's actually, uh, he posted yeah. a video recently of him throwing the ball, so he's all better, at least for the most part. Sweet. That's good, too. Yeah, that's great and news. Then, um, and then, yeah, and then Ben. Um, ben was a beast as well, too. <laughs> Next one. Um, so my pitcher on my team would have to be Luke Powell of the Galaxy. 
Um, Luke is, he throws for velocity. He has excellent control. Um, you know, he can, he's a very cerebral pitcher as well and into the bargain. So, so yeah, he's, he's definitely got to be the, the best pitcher that's, that I've seen in Glasgow. He's also, the stuff that he does off the field away from what you might know uh, or, or see um, is also, you know, it's almost equally as good. You know, he's very, you know, he's very open to his teammates and any new people coming along who might need some kind of guidance in how to play. I mean, he's not just a, a pitcher. He, he can, you know, he can dole out advice on pretty much any position that you can imagine. Um, he actually, this past winter, spotted something I was doing wrong with my batting stance and my swing uh, and, and said, why don't you try doing this instead? And so I, I tried that when I was doing kind of batting practice in the open air before the <laughs> spring training was so ruthlessly cut short. And uh, I found that, that the adjustment I was making was paying off. You know, he, he can spot just tiny wee minutiae of what you're doing and your mannerisms. Obviously, he's got a lot of experience um, and he doesn't mind uh, sharing that experience with anyone else. So... I think just for the how great a player he is on the field and also how great a teacher and teammate he is off the field. Um, I mean, he's basically been the core of uh, a dynasty uh, in, in this Glasgow Galaxy team. You know, he, he is probably the main reason that they've wow. won three straight yeah. titles. Um, who do you, well, so so who do you have at catcher? My, my Scottish person in. We, we did that. So oh, okay. uh, for my, my all-time best uh, Scottish one is uh, Davey Farr. And you've never heard of Davey Farr because I think he retired in my second year. Um, and uh, what, and he was a, a – man, he was one of the better pitchers in the league regardless of nationality. Like he was just dominant on, on the hill. Um, so he helped power Dundee to the, the British uh, Little League Championships back in probably the late 90s. Yeah. So he was a powerhouse <laughs> like uh, in the late 90s, early 2000s, little league wise. And, and Davey was the, the ace in there. So uh, there was rumors of him coming back and playing in, uh, in Tayside uh, this summer. Interesting. Uh, do we have any, uh, have those developed into anything more concrete? Or I, I don't know. Is I haven't still talked to him it? in years. I think it's probably been probably about 10 years since I've seen Davey. Uh, he's been busy with work and he's got kids. And so I can understand why, but yeah, uh, I, I saw that he, he was mulling back, mulling a comeback. So I'd be a, a great addition to have Davey on the team. Certainly. Um, and they, they already have a great core uh, in Tayport. So it's going to be, yep. it's going to so, be interesting to see them. Um, so who do you have uh, again, a catch? So my uh, my all expat team there was it's Moose Brian Samuelson uh, who hailed from Toronto played for us for a few years. Um, gosh, he he won an award when we were in um, in Belgium for his hitting. Uh, he he was just a really good guy. Wow. Uh, Moose was awesome. Uh, he was a great teammate. It was fun to be around. Um, and, uh, yeah, like he was probably one of my favorite pe- persons to, uh, to catch to, uh, and yeah, I had a lot of fun with Moose there. Nice one. And you're you all Shields, Scottish catcher? Mr. Utility. He plays anywhere. I had to figure out somewhere to get you in there. And Ewan <laughs> caught for me at, uh, the Belfast tournament. Ewan's a beast back there. He caught every game in Belfast, uh, and did it without complaining and, uh, yeah, man, uh, you and the beast behind the plate. I think I'm aware of uh, you and Shields. Um, he is a great hitter. Is uh, he still he, playing just uh, now? No, he's not. He played at Richmond. He's uh, he's 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 doing some work right now. Uh, he wants to be on the podcast. He's he, he's up for it. Um, I've known you and for. Nice one. Gosh, 18 years now, so I think we have met you and he was 14. Um, he played ball in the States for a little bit, a couple places here and there. So, uh, so yeah, so uh, I think he was coaching at Richmond, at least helping out coaching at Richmond uh, for a few years. And now uh, work kind of took over, and uh, uh, hopefully he'll, he'll reappear after it's all over. Sure, definitely. Um, nice one. Um, it must be great for you to, to watch a guy like Ewan you know, who you've first seen come into the league as a kid at 14 years old and grow into a man 
and uh, obviously grow into such a great player. He's just a good guy. Like I really like you. Know, uh, every time he gets, comes up in town, uh, he always calls me. We usually go out and get a coffee or a beer and kind of hang out and shoot the shit. Uh, yeah, you you insult. Marvelous. Um, so behind the plate, I have the other half of the Glasgow Galaxy dynasty. Uh, triple championship winning uh, side John Tafe um, as catcher obviously Mr Tafe has decided to maybe take a bit of a step back from playing catcher moving forward Um, but on merit of how he's performed as a catcher during his playing time so far uh, I think it's hard to argue against him Um, the guy has over 40 years of baseball experience and knowledge and he uses that to call the game smart and uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's just what more can you say about that battery? They've won three straight titles, and it's something that only a couple of teams have managed to do in the past. Without them working together, it's 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 highly unlikely no, that uh, happens. John's a, a great catcher. I, I he is, and he's also a great teacher and also a phenomenal ambassador for baseball in Glasgow and uh, yeah, and Scottish okay, baseball 300%. in general. Yeah. Um, so at first, first base, base, I have uh, Big Scott Spurlock. Uh, he, he came from Idaho. He was a uh, uh, he kind of took me under wings when I first showed up in Edinburgh. Uh, and uh, uh, gosh, we, his nickname was House, and he was built like one. I mean, Scott was probably six four, two twenty, two forty. You know, he makes John Nelson uh, probably not as quite big as John Nelson, but yeah, I mean, like. Uh, there's stories of him like just picking up full size bridges and they, and with no problem out there. I don't think anybody hit his ball as far as I've seen Scott hit a ball. <laughs> and uh, so you're all Scottish, bit, but Gary Crawford. So he was there the first year I was there, and uh, man, like he was probably one of the best athletes I've seen. Um, I, I, from what I hear, he's like a scratch golfer. Uh, he moved into softball and dominated softball for a while till he got bored of that. Um, yeah, like I said, I, there's I only heard really about stories about how great he was, and uh, I saw it in the field that first year I was there for for that two months there. And man, he was he was good around the bag, and boy, could he hit! Speaking of boys that can hit, uh, my first baseman is uh, the aforementioned John Nelson. Uh, he was uh, a teammate of mine and also my coach for a bit. Uh, certainly, you know he's he's well known for his power. <laughs> he uh, he scaled eight home runs, I believe it was, in a yeah. single season, which is the all time record back in twenty seventeen when he won the league MVP award. Um, years and years of experience. He is an on the field on the field. He's a great leader, and also. There's not really much else can be said about his hitting. Um, he, if you put it anywhere near the zone, he's going to smash it. Um, one thing that I've always found interesting with Nelson is how far forward he he stands when he's batting. He almost has like his back foot right at the front of home plate. <laughs> <laughs> so like the 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 you know the reaction That's because time when you only throw crazy. sixty miles per hour, he's got to you know, make it look like at least eighty so you can hit it. And so... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that when he was back home, he was used to, you know, he was used to a, a faster pace, um, you know, and more velocity coming in. So I think he probably is kind of trying to offset the the change in speeds quite a bit by doing that. But uh, I've heard rumblings that Nelson uh, maybe well, come back this year. If he's not too busy lifting giant rocks, then man. <laughs> yeah, moving mountains. Um, I hope he does because uh, he's a great bat and certainly a guy that we could use. Yeah, no, John, John's great. Like I said, I can't, I can't say enough good things about John. Yeah, and he's a good and he's a great laugh as well. That, that's that's not to be under understated. All right. Yeah. No. Uh, uh, I, like every time John's doing Edinburgh, we usually end up getting together, and it ends up being really late night. <laughs> <laughs> he likes his whiskey. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. I've had a lot of fun with John. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's my all time Glasgow first baseman. Um, I was kind of, I struggled with where to put John in my lineup. Um, but yeah, first base, I think, is probably. So, 
Liverpool. Has... Well, say, before we, if you, who do you have a second listener, or you're listening from overseas? Because we do have uh, quite a few of you people who actually listen from overseas. So with Scottish baseball, you, you don't really have a set position. Really, you kind of go with the nine people that show up every day. So one day you might be shortstop, <laughs> next day you be left field, next day you be pitching. You just don't. So uh, some of these places were kind of hard to you know place guys, but yeah. It... Sure. Yeah. I mean, I I personally have played right field, left, second, and I believe it was third in the same game. Uh, you know, yeah, so that's exactly. four different positions in one game, because because it was just a case of uh, would you like to go there and try that exactly. for a bit because we're short on numbers and we're just trying to figure out the best combination as we go along. Um, it's it's one of the things I think that gives Scottish baseball its charm. You know, like there are certain things that happen in Scottish baseball. That won't happen in other leagues, and uh, you know it's it's kind of nice in a way because it, 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 it gives our game its own identity. I mean, I, I'm sure it's a pain in the arse for managers, and you would be able to I, attest to, to that. Know, it was and you go, okay, we got this today, so let's let's go with it. Uh, all right, so, yeah. so second base. So my my second baseman, my expat second, second baseman base. is Wookie Sam Calder from Australia. Uh, Wookie was a mainstay at second base for a long time there, uh, and, and you know, excellent with the glove. And I think when we went to Lithuania, he won an award for his fielding. I think he made the all defensive team uh, that way, and, and and he could hit. So yeah, like uh, Sam was a great second base. Um, I'm not sure who Sam is. I don't believe he. No, he's not played for years. He, he so doesn't play anymore, does he? You're not going to know. Yeah, I don't think I've heard of Sam. <laughs> yeah, we, we need to try and reach out and get as many of them on the show as possible to yeah, tell some definitely. stories I guess, you know, about the old days. to do with uh, all this free time we have these days. Yeah, yeah. We can spend the lockdown time trying to, tra- trying to trace uh, or track well, down talk to old, Sam. old he, Scottish baseball you know, With all the old guys that played back in 18 years ago. and we, So, so I know he's alive. <laughs> Nice one, man. Nice. Um, who do you have in your all Scottish team as your second base? You know, you just can't have it. Now, I know oh, he's definitely. catching these days and he's played a little bit shortstop here and there, but I, I got Rory as my second base, so I wouldn't have it any other way. Sure. Um, I don't think anyone would argue with that. Rory's such a fixture of Scottish baseball and has done so much for the game. Um, so, yeah, he's he's. he's He's there yes, on merit exactly. as well. He's a fantastic uh, player. Yeah, a lot exactly. Of, I mean, a lot Rory of started playing. I think he's at seventeen years now, so he, he's the old man in the league. Yeah. Yeah, I believe that you pointed out last year when we had him on the show that he is either. I think he's one of, if not the youngest yes, player that in left, Scotland now. Left, that would put him, uh, him right there. I think the only two that would probably be around the same would be Xander and Jason in Glasgow. Yes. Obviously, yeah, we'll they play those youngsters. Why don't you to sit down and figure it all out? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, speaking of guys uh, who have a lot of experience, I'm, I'm going to go with Jim Sihar of the Galaxy at oh. second base. Um, this guy is just a phenom. Um, he's, he's an incredible hitter and he, he'll He'll feel pretty much anything. Um, I think he's probably one of the most underrated pieces of the Galaxy's kind of recent titles. Um, Not only that, you could put him anywhere. Like, you know, I mean, I, literally, you could. Yeah, you can put him anywhere, and he won't complain. He'll just do whatever he's been asked to do, and he'll do it to the yeah, highest no, standard. Uh, you know, when Jim came back, uh, I didn't expect much from him, and it only took like two innings to realize, nope, he can play. Like I said. Yeah. That yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think uh, my team, I struggled with second base quite a bit, but I think it would be, I, I think it's impossible to put anyone but Jim at second. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a solid choice. So let's go to the uh, hot corner. Who do you have at third base? So uh, he was a mainstay at uh, with the Devils. I, I mean, he's been playing for, I don't know, 10, 12 years now. Uh, you know, he comes in and pitches like, from time to time. But, uh, man, that he, he can hit as well, too. <laughs> yeah, Tristan is one of my favorite people Gosh, to yeah. play against in the league. 
Um, I think uh, I think that's very yeah, well deserved. No, I mean, absolutely, he, like he can field. You know, he had a solid arm. I I would have loved to see him when he played uh, collegiate ball uh, and and see him at his prime. Uh, I know when he first came here, he asked to play on the GB team and at least get a tryout. And uh, uh, I think it was to be too expensive because they were asking him to come down for every weekend to. Uh, and I was like, ah, it's fair enough. Like uh, that's, right. a, that's a heck of a trip. Every weekend back and forth plus the cost. Yeah, it's it's you want to think it's worth the hassle, but then the the cost adds oh, up. It's a big commitment. Like I, I know a couple guys are doing it now, and they're trying to do it yeah. once a month there. Um, and yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah, I mean, especially with things like just life gets in the way as well. You've got people have got their own lives and jobs and families to deal with as well. Uh, it's it's just it's kind of asking a bit much yeah, to be exactly. able to do that so, regularly. Um, but you know, I, I, Tristan's great. I like Tristan. So who's your backup so for basement from the Scottish uh, this boys? So this name is uh, David Donaldson, and he uh, was a cousin of another guy that's coming up on my list. And uh, he played in, oh gosh, was it, uh, I think he went with us to Lithuania, or was it, uh, no, it wasn't Lithuania, it was um, Belgium. And he played there. And uh, he he moved to Australia and was happened to be back around at that same time and came and came play for us. and. and uh, was playing obviously ball at a high level in Australia and just mashed. <laughs> I, I took him a couple of games to adjust because it was way too slow, kind of like John Nelson. And uh, yeah, he was solid. And uh, I, you know, I only heard stories about him playing. Um, I think he played for Team GB um, back in the day. This would have been like mid 90s. So uh, yeah, he, he was good. You're quite right. I've never heard of David, yeah. but it sounds uh, like it's I mean, quite a I, I only saw him play for like half a season, and uh, he, he was pretty good. Do you know, at times like this, I really, I, I can't help but rue the fact that we don't have any kind of video or, you know, many photos at all of the old days. I, have uh, I would really love to see stuff like the that. 1999 Scotland versus England game played at Meadowbank Stadium. Right. Well, wow. First okay, I need to see this. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Well, okay, I'll do your deal. I will pick up a VCR from somewhere, and I'll come. Right, I'm going to okay, come I'm through at the end, but I will watch that yeah. game together. <laughs> <laughs> we got to do that, man. It's a date. Um, <laughs> so uh, that was uh, Tristan Gibbons and David Donaldson. Um, at third base, I am going to put. Uh, Albert Rodriguez, um, because I wanted to put him at shortstop, but then there's another there's a certain other player that I need to put at shortstop, so I had to move him somewhere. Um, I think third base uh, suits Albert just just fine. Um, Albert, I mean, he's the key player for the Comets at the moment. Uh, he can hit, can run, can pitch, can field. <laughs> There's nothing that, that there's nothing that that guy can't do. He's the he's the epitome of a five tool player. Uh, he's a character. He's a phenomenal character. He's so fun to be around. Um, he's a great guy to have on the bench. Uh, Albert, one of the yeah, best players Albert, that I've seen uh, in Scotland. Uh, <laughs> Albert would uh, got under my skin, but yeah, he was a good player. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if you have any Spanish-speaking players on your team, he certainly will because he, he enjoys uh, he enjoys bantering with the Spanish players in Spanish. I can, I can imagine you that know, that must you be know, distracting you, you for a picture. Base. You know he's going to steal second. <laughs> he's going to steal third. <laughs> there was no point in even trying to hold him on. He, he was too yeah. fast to even throw him out. So. Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, he's... He's just he's the complete package. He's yeah, a good laugh too. And, uh, exactly, yeah. And he's, you know, I think when he made the transition from Galaxy to Comets, it was quite interesting because it was interesting. It was amazing to see how seamlessly he actually transitioned toward being a Comet from being right. in the Galaxy. They're two very differently run teams. Um, but he instantly became such a key part of our team um, and such a great teammate that you know, it felt just completely natural. I think he fits yeah, anywhere. Yeah. Quite you honestly, can put him anywhere he'd excel. Exactly. 
Um, so for my ex so who do you have at shortstop? Tie here. So I've got I'm bringing the thunder from down under, and there was a guy named Steve Cook. Uh, who used to play for a shortstop and went to uh, France with us um, for one there. And he was just uh, a smooth fielding shortstop. Like uh, um, we, we used to call him Shoeless Steve because he would train occasionally without any shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he just didn't his nickname stuck. But yeah, Steve, Steve was an awesome player. Uh, uh, I, you know what? It's been that long. I don't even remember how how good of a hitter he was, but I just remember that fielding. Like he knew anything up the middle, he he had it. That, that was uh, that was Steve. Um, but he also tied with uh, Adam Murphy, another guy from down under. Adam Murphy, who came very close exactly, to becoming but... league MVP last year, from what I've heard. I believe was I believe it Adam who led the league in batting average last year. Yeah, he batted something like six or four or something. Like that. Yeah, crazy so, batting uh, average. Yeah, I couldn't leave Adam off the off, off the list. Um, you know, I, I was I was really digging sure. back to my playing time in two thousand three, two thousand four, and trying to see compare guys there. Um, and I completely had, had missed Adam at first and went, no, I can't, I can't leave Adam off the list. Yeah, Adam's an incredible player and a fun so, guy to play against. Yeah, so that, Absolutely. For uh, my Scottish one, uh, Mark Donaldson. Mark yeah, Donaldson, the uh, aforementioned uh, cousin of Mark, uh, David. Mark, <laughs> Mark was great. Uh, he'd, uh, man, he, 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 we lost him for a few years to work and he came back like that. But, like, uh, yeah, you know, he, he was a, a great fielding shortstop. He was he was a tear on the base pass. They used to see have competitions, see how many stolen bases they get there that day. Um, you know, uh, Mark was a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed having Mark as my shortstop with the cannons. Oh, Mark, Mark. And uh, when did he play? Like two thousand three. So I think I knew Mark at like fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, and I think he played on and off till about two thousand thirteen. So a good ten years or so. Nice one. Um, I'm not sure no, if I've mean, crossed paths with either of the Donaldsons. With David and Mark. Yeah, I think maybe Mark may have just finished up right before I came into the league. I came into the league <laughs> midway through the 2013 yeah, season. I, I, uh, so I think I might have yeah, just he missed was, him. He started working, he was in uni. Uh, so we would have, you would have probably missed him there. Yeah. So. That's a shame. Hopefully, yeah, he'll come back someday and get a chance to play with him. Um, I, I do like Mark, but you know, like I still have memories of him just being like a 14, 15 year old, 16 year old kid. No, he's like 32 now. So it's not really the same. <laughs> Crazy. Um, at shortstop, for me, it's uh, Glasgow right, Comets yeah. legend Francis Takino. Um, in my opinion, the, the best uh, player that I've ever played alongside. Um, he was an absolute phenom. Uh, he hoovered up anything that was hit anywhere near him. He could hit. From, he was he was a power hitter. He could hit for the gaps. He could make adjustments and hit to opposite field. The guy was just a, a, a machine. Um, <laughs> my greatest ever teammate. Uh, well, that's hands a, down, that's a Yeah, uh, we used to call the, you know, the the, the kind of the, the small hill yep. beyond right field uh, at the Toll Cross Field. <laughs> we called that Takino Hill or Francis Hill, <laughs> um, because that's where he used to he used to hit a lot of balls out there. Um, yeah, I have very fond memories of playing alongside Francis. I miss him dearly, um, and I hope that he's doing okay over in Japan uh, with whatever it is that he's doing now. And I hope that he's still playing. Nice. Um, yeah. No, that's a that's absolute fair phenom. Uh, yeah, I do remember Francis. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. Um, so let's just name the three outfielders oh, then. Gosh. So uh, who do you have in your outfield? Here. For, for, I, I actually went left field, center field, right field, but that's fair. I, will, uh, I was trying to think if I had uh, anything there. So for left field, I had Julian Santos, if you remember Julian. I'd, I vaguely do. So yeah, originally I believe, started with uh, I the Stroud played Falcons. With I played with them before they folded, and then came over to Edinburgh and uh, played with us. Um, Julian played in the Mexican leagues, and uh, he's more of kind of a center fielder. But then we had uh, Big Gabriel in center field, and he moved to left, so I figured that qualified him for left field. Um, but I, I used to love having both those guys in the outfield because I knew anything hit out there, they were going to catch it. 
just, yeah, I you think know, you've you told that story before. Um, did have to worry too much about that. It's, it's it good, it's good security to have as a picture, I can uh, imagine. Um, I, I left um, Gabrielle off my center fielder, and I went with Rit Zabowski, uh, who you probably d- never met because I think he retired in about 2004, 2005. Um, and he came from the States. Uh, was a lefty. Um, again, just a phenomenal outfielder. And uh, he's now the coach of the Edinburgh Little League Juniors. Oh yeah, I've heard Rit. I've heard of Rit. Yeah, um, I, I know Rit more as the player. little league no, he, he guy the than the player. He had twins and uh, yeah. with twins, you don't have a whole lot of time as you're finding out. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I've heard of Rit. I don't, I don't believe I've met um, him personally. And then for my right um, fielder, I, I got him. kind of an honorable mention, and I went with Gabriel Rincon Jr. And that's truly because he played right field for us uh, at the Belfast tournament. And uh, uh, gosh, he's been scouted as a prospect out in Miami right now. I saw he, he made some prospects list um, on Instagram. I follow him. Uh, but he, he got to play in Belfast, and he must have been wow. 13 or 14. We kind of put him out in right field today. You know, we haven't seen you for a while. You know, he's still little Gabrielle. And. Uh, Somebody hit a ball and he, I don't know if he misjudged it or just went over his head and was back on the fence. And then runner on first tried to go to third and he pulled an Ichiro and just fucking from the fence and through the <laughs> by like two feet, you know. And everyone just, he, as soon as the ball left his hand, you, the, the whole crowd went, whoa, because you knew it would be close and just gutted the guy <laughs> out. Man. It was awesome. Like, I, yeah, it was it was so cool. The old Vlad Guerrero like, special. Oh, okay, yeah, ball like that. And he just picked it up and just showed off the cannon he had for an arm. And it was so much on. Because he just... yeah. it, must have been a, it must have been a great moment for a teenage kid. So, yeah, and that kind so, of uh, setting, so man, I, that's, I that's cool. That's a great story. Pretty well. Uh, and uh, it would be nice to see that I do that. So left his dad off the list and put him on. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so I've got... Uh, uh, do you have an outfield for your old Scottish team? I thought I did give him a little nod out there, put him out in left field. And I said uh, he, Edinburgh wouldn't have been uh, run so smoothly if it wasn't for Nick. Put many years into the team. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I kind of caught him right when the kids came around. So I didn't get to see his prior years of him uh, out in the outfield. Um, I've got uh, I got Tommy Zalowski. I can't even say Tommy Z. I just know Tommy Z. It's been a long time. <laughs> Uh, Tommy Z was, a, was a, again a young guy that played cricket, converted into baseball after spending some time in Boston, and uh, was a hell of a pitcher. And uh, you know, we used his cricket skills out in the outfield to kind of track everything down. Um, it was really gutted uh, when he uh, moved off to uh, St Andrews for for school, and then obviously he's in the states now. So, uh, so Tommy Z, if you're ever listening, I hope you're doing well. Now, let me ask you something. Uh, we've covered uh, ex-cricketers from a hitting standpoint, but you just made a great point there. Did you find that ex-cricketers had any particular talents in general uh, over the years in the field, like and in terms of like ch- chasing down balls? Was there anything that a cricketer might do that would be kind of a second nature to them that would made, be problematic uh, in a baseball field? They were used to tracking the ball and, and catching it and you right. know, making that catch on the run. Um, you know, it, it was something you knew as soon as someone said they had a cricket background. You knew they were going to be able to uh, swing the bat all right, and, you know, start and then, you know, feel their position. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you play, but, okay, you can play center for the day then. Probably the easiest position for them to pick up because the ball come off the back and they can track it whereas i mean you know yeah. for yourself you know left and right the, the angle's funny and not to mention the hook of the ball if somebody you know slices it or not hmm. yeah i mean i think i've been playing right in left field so much that i think i'm i'm perfectly comfortable in left field but i don't, I don't think i could play center um, i've been in center for literally a few innings uh here and there just kind of out of necessity, and I, I get I'm completely lost, and it's amazing what like just a matter of, of a few feet can do <laughs> to your uh, 
to your confidence in striking a ball down out the outfield. Yeah, I mean, it's really so much different in centre field than it is on the corners. Judge it right away. Yeah, whereas uh, being in left field, I've kind of been trained to watch, like you say, for the angle. So there's uh, a certain angle that I'm looking for that I know, okay, that's coming to me. Exactly. Whereas in centre um, field, it could literally be going anywhere. Anyone said they played cricket, it was like, yep, you make a great centre fielder and then we'll teach you everything else. Um, you know, do they tend to be quick? About being quick um, off the back, it's more about uh, picking up the ball and making that first step because the, you, you don't have to. I mean, obviously, it helps to be yeah. super quick, but um, if you can, you know, pick up the ball off the bat and kind of see where it's going, then you know you're you're winning the battle right there. Yeah. Anyone listening who might be from Scotland and not a big baseball fan, the importance of that first step as an outfielder cannot be under understated or overstated rather it's 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 vitally important that you take the the right first step it's the difference between Absolutely. catching a ball and, uh, um, and a, an extra base my, hit. my right fielder is um paul marshall um paul was a, a yorkshire man who uh came up to sterling university and then ended up in edinburgh and uh paul was my right fielder for years uh, before he uh, work took over and, and uh, his brewing, his home brewing career has uh, taken off. So, <laughs> so yeah, Paul was my right fielder there. So I always liked having Paul in the lineup. Again, ex cricketer played, you know, did his position well on right field and 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 hit the ball solidly constantly. So um, yeah, he was my right fielder. Nice one. Now I haven't gone with left field, centre field, right field, just with the nature of our game. Uh, they're kind of all interchangeable. Uh, so I'm just going with three outfielders. Uh, my outfield is oh. Jacob Wright of the Glasgow Galaxy. Um, we've had him on the podcast. I believe he was the first guest on the show. Um, he's a, an excellent player. Um, he hits for a high batting average. He hits for power. Um, he's an exceptional fielder and uh, has a, a wealth of experience that he's brought over from the States. Uh, despite being quite a young fellow. Um, I think he's only in his early 20s. Um, he's one of the most dynamic players that, that have come along to Glasgow. Um, and the other two outfielders are the terrible twosome, Xander Harrison and Jason Stott, um, who have been playing in Glasgow since they were children. Um, Xander Harrison, I right. think, is, for me, the best Scottish player that I've ever played with. Um, he can do anything, basically. You can put him anywhere. He can pitch, he can play up the middle, he can play the outfield, he can play first base, he could catch. Um, he can umpire, <laughs> he can do both. <laughs> um, he's he's a great laugh and was a fantastic teacher as well, a great coach. Uh, so uh, Xander's that, another guy who yeah. I miss, uh, I miss I, really playing alongside. I always like playing against um, Xander. Xander was always good fun. And Jason. So, um, uh, yeah, I definitely yeah. <laughs> like to play with Xander. <laughs> Yeah, and obviously Jason Stott, um, who is the new Comets uh, head coach. It's going to be interesting to play under Jason. Um, it's if I mean depending on when if, if the season ever gets on the way, but um, Jason's got so much experience for such a young guy, and uh, is a fantastic fielder, especially. And uh, he comes up with big hits as well. He has a tendency to his hits tend to be important ones. You know, he's. I think uh, if there's a word, and in terms of uh, hitting, he, uh, I would gosh, use to describe he, he Jason the clutch. Like, uh, he, he, we went had like ten, twelve pitch at bats constantly. Like every time up, it was like, "All right, Jason, here we go again." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. I've I've spent many agonizing years on the opposite side of that. I'm yeah, looking forward yeah, to I mean, Jason, Jason doing that a as a comment. It didn't matter forward. where the ball was pitched or whatnot. He, he had a great eye at the bat and uh, yeah, he was just frustrating to uh, yeah, get out. Yeah. Uh, he's a great teacher as well, as I've learned uh, over the winter. Uh, there's been so many things that he's already shown us that I've been able to pick up and try to incorporate into my game, uh, hopefully I'll be able to put them into practice, particularly uh, with regards uh, base running. I've never been a great base runner, um, but I feel like some of the things that he's kind of 
uh, taught us in the indoor training sessions are things that are going to make that no, a wee I, bit easier. I, I've heard that about Jason. So it's good to hear that uh, that you guys are getting you know a good teacher um, helping you guys out. I didn't think of a bench. Yeah, absolutely. I, I thought, you Do know, you have a, a bench? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've kind of gone above and beyond. I've just got a three-man bench. Um, the three-man oh, bench yeah. I've got would be um, Marco Ferretti, who was an Italian fellow who played in the first year of the Comets. Um, he's another guy who just brought a host of experience from his time playing in Italy. Um, he was a great teacher. Another one who, you know, especially with the Comets of 2014, he was such a key part of our lineup because he was still a great hitter, particularly his patience. He walked a lot. He had a great eye and a very good vision at the plate. Um, he taught us a lot about how to how to hit, especially. Um, Marco, always a good uh, or a good teammate. And even even years after he retired from playing with us, he is still in our kind of group chat, and is always still uh, he's still awesome. there, kind of offering advice wherever it's uh, needed as well. So he's he's, he's kept in touch. Uh, he was great. Um, obviously, Geo Coulter has to be on my bench because he's an absolute legend in their league. Uh, there's nothing really more needs to be said about Gio. <laughs> a great teammate, an antagonistic as fuck uh, opponent. <laughs> um, you know, you want to be on the same side as Gio yeah. because if not, you you you'll never hear the end of it. And I'm sure I'm, I think that you can probably attest to that better than right. more no, or less Gio anyone. You must have played against good, him more than anybody. Probably 16 years or so. Yeah. Um, the last guy on my bench, though, this was the position that I struggled with the most um, because there have been such a host of exceptional players who've played in Glasgow. Um, but I think I'd you a nod to Keigo Miyamai, another Japanese fellow. Uh, he was a great teammate. He was so fun to play alongside. And he was a similar player to Albert where he could basically do it all. He was an excellent fielder, very quick, could hit for power and average. Um, and like I say, just a, a fun guy to be around. We have we had like a I think it was like a triple right. extra large Cobbett's jersey that no one used, and and Kegel used to Kegel used to do his pregame warm ups in that jersey, and it looked like he was wearing a crazy like kind of nightgown thing. But it was just it was just like this weird ritual that became a thing every week, and it was just so that it's just an example of how fun it was to play alongside Kegel. Um, that's a solid bench. So yeah, like, that's I, that's that's I mean, my I've bench as well. So many people throughout the years, uh, you know, it, it was some tough calls of people to leave off. I mean, mm. I, I... Yeah, I think when I had this idea a couple of weeks back, um, the actual execution of this podcast has shown that it's easier said than done. Um, because even when you think you've got your your nine finalized, you'll think, "Oh wait, I forgot about this guy." And I'm sure that there are still countless guys that we've come across from year to year that we that we'll have I mean, left yeah, out I mean, that like, we won't uh, even have ben thought Pope, of. I mean, I completely and that's that, crazy. You know, he was here for a year. Uh, there was Mike Smith who came and played first for a year. That you know played uh, um, baseball at Rutgers um, and was just happened to be uh, around. And uh, you know he played with David DeJesus, and uh, you know he was solid. And I was just like, well. You know, that was a tough one to leave him off. Um, you know, there's so many guys that came and played for like a year and then disappeared again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just the nature of the game here. A guy will come here to study or for work and maybe not necessarily in the long term. Um, but, you know, as we've seen before, as is yeah, the case absolutely. with Sam Davidson, uh, these guys can make a lasting yeah, impact. Sam, I, you know, I, I only got to see Sam practice i think i watched him pitch part of a game when i showed up down there um but you know you, you can see that it was it was it you know and, and ben ben was right there too so uh yeah uh, you know it's hard to pick those you know really narrow it down between who you who you pick there uh, um, uh a couple guys i know from the older guys that i listen they'll probably bust my balls mm. really off a different person here <laughs> which i fully expect 
<laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think both of us have picked up, uh, have, have, have named very strong players. So I don't think there's any shame in being left off uh, of either of those lineups. And I mean, you've you've filled two whole lineups, so I think you've done pretty much the best you could do. <laughs> I don't know what more could be expected of you. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's move on to the close of this uh, rather bumper-sized uh, episode because well, we, uh, we have plans tonight, uh, Jason. Bailey Wax Pack competition uh, organized. Yeah, I know it's it's a mouthful. He's <laughs> in front of me, he's like next to say from our buddies. Uh, two strike noise. They 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 uh, they've been in touch. We chat uh, every so often on here. They're they're great guys. They do a baseball history podcast, um, and uh, yeah, and they did ask me if I, I'd be willing to do this. So I'm kind of taking lead because what we're gonna do is open up a pack of old baseball cards, which I'm doing already. And uh, there's various points for if they're wearing real stirrups or if they're not, if it's a Hall of Famer or if the guy's got a mustache because it's kind of the late 80s, early 90s area uh, where everyone had a mustache. So, um, so yes, it, it should be fun. Uh, I hope you can comment on a few of the guys. I got a feeling you'll be like, who the fuck is this? Uh, <laughs> I thought this was a Yeah, my, it's my, my role is to sit and look gormless. Uh, and just kind of, <laughs> I think, yeah, I'll be, I'll basically be sitting clueless for most of they it. They are great. And they, I'm they looking forward together, to that. Uh, uh, the two strike noise of, guys uh, are great. Other guys out there. There's been a lot of chat in our kind of Twitter chat here. Um, I, we've been too busy to actually really kind of. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I was saying off air earlier, I've, uh, I just kind of got a chance to look at the Twitter. I think a day or two ago, and uh, I, I don't know what's going on. I have no, I have no, I'm just kind of like, what? I have no idea what this is. I don't know what it I'm is getting fine. Yeah, I mean, for. a couple of guys made um, one WWE WWE style promos for themselves. And, uh, <laughs> yes. On that, on that, on that note, actually, our first round opponent, Enfield Fly Girl, so, called yeah, us Haggis and Minis. Did you see that? Is and then yeah. Well, for one, I am vegetarian, as you know, Jason, so I don't eat haggis. <laughs> and she's, I think she's just jealous because I look more elegant and ladylike in a skirt than she does. <laughs> yeah, it's, she's been a great sport and it's going to be fun to, it's going to be fun to, to do whatever this is. Uh, I'm trusting you to take the lead here and go back to because I, I don't some, think uh, I have a fucking some, clue. <laughs> Exactly. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I'm just there to call people gobshites and fuds. They don't know the so. <laughs> yeah, yeah but we could call them all cunts and just say, "Oh, don't worry, it's not a bad thing in Scotland." Matchup, I didn't think that'd be very because it's. I mean, we're not lying. <laughs> that is probably true. Actually, I didn't think of that. Uh, I do apologise. I hope I hope that my mother never listens to this. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, what do you have today and for this be for this? Uh, what do yeah, you have so today? It's, uh, it's for this day in baseball actually, history. We're recording really on Friday day because there's two things that happen um, that uh, definitely highlighted. Both happened on the same day in 1991. First off, you have the man, the myth, the legend, Ricky Henderson. He stole third base. Not sure what inning it is. I think it was like the fourth inning, and uh, he passed Lou Brock in the all-time stolen base record. So um, if you ever get a chance, uh, you watch that. Ricky proclaims that he is the greatest, and for the day he is. So, uh, and that's an awesome video there. And then uh, of course you have uh, mm. probably one of the best pitchers of all time, uh, Nolan Ryan, and he threw his seventh no-hitter at the age of forty-four. Which is quite insane when you rec- when you realise that I believe that's the all time record, and he was he, he yes, also became he the oldest pitcher ever to throw one hitter that um, day, didn't he? Uh, that was that was a pretty crazy day. So I I remember watching that in Sports Center, and of course they started off with Ricky, and then yeah. you know, he turned into Nolan, going, "Oh my gosh, all right, here we go." Easily now, Ricky Henderson. Best. 
greatest leadoff hitter of all time. You know, I, in speed and he had power. I mean, he is the prototypical um, left field mm. or leadoff hitter. I think the only thing you would say is um, Ricky uh, batted right-handed, but he threw left-handed. Yeah, which is kind of odd. You know, you have the opposite way around quite a lot. Um, where a guy will bat left and throw right, but it's very off. Yeah, it's so often you, know, you see so someone who does it the opposite way. He lost that extra what step, bang, you know, left side of the plate, and he was still able to do what he was able to do. Yeah, I mean that's a great point. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and and he yeah. played on for another. So this was what 1990, 1991? Yeah, gosh, and then there was another. So he played for another. Like that. I mean, he. He Nine or ten years. Like, I think he was almost like fifty. So, yeah. yeah. I did read a crazy stat where it was um, basically a major league player could start their career now and steal twenty bases a year for I think it was twenty-one no. seasons, and they wouldn't catch Ricky Henderson. <laughs> like he would, he would have like the same number of like yeah, stolen bases that, in the course of like his prime, yeah, and mean, they would that, have had an entire career. He was it's absolutely crazy. I think he did it like four years in a row. So, yeah. Now let me ask you. Uh, this is something I don't know, so I'm, I'm going to ask you if know. you maybe know this. Did Ricky steal home often? It, because you usually played in fairly stacked lineups, so you wouldn't actually need home there so you know he would he'd steal second steal third and then yeah. you know a sack fly would drive him in so you know he start a ball game down 1-0 because ricky got on base with a walk and then uh, got knocked mm. in yeah he had great vision at the plate so he would basically be a guy who would go three for four Pretty much yeah that, that's um, and that would steal two bases well. each time he was on base more or less Ricky likes talking third person. Yeah, Ricky would be Ricky, <laughs> as he would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ricky likes to get paid. Ricky's, so Ricky's the greatest. That, so, uh, uh, he uh, must have learned from Rock guys, or vice versa. Their, their two favorite players are Nolan Ryan and Ricky Henderson. And they did a podcast each on those players. Um, and there's a great story about Ricky Henderson about how uh, the Oakland Athletic um, uh, County Department uh, had realized that they were a million dollars off somewhere. And they couldn't figure out where this million dollars And what it was, it was Ricky Henderson had failed to cash his check because he framed it and put it up on the wall of his home. <laughs> so, uh, so there you go. Oh, dear. You. Ricky being Ricky. <laughs> That's great, man. We'll have to fire up the links to each of those Two Strike Noise uh, episodes and uh, encourage everyone to listen. Obviously, we encourage people to like and subscribe um, and give uh, a listen to those guys anyway. Their podcast is very informative and a hell of a lot of fun. Um, we shall call it a day. Um, All right. Because so we, will, uh, we are going to go and banter with those week. guys we'll right now. bring something new to the table that we haven't done yet. So. Yep. Uh, listen to the podcast on any podcast provider of your choice. Uh, check us out on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash caps and pipes. Hit us up on Twitter. It's at caps and pipes. And uh, hit up uh, Jason at, at Bubba on Baseball and myself at John Caps Pipes. And obviously visit dugoutclassics.com for all your vintage jersey needs. Um, certainly you can uh, no, find Dugout Classics on both good. Facebook and Twitter as well. Um, have I missed anything out? Yep. Visit Baseball Scotland. Uh, as well on Facebook to keep up to date with the latest happenings in the Scottish National League and do follow your uh, your local team. I, I would certainly encourage that. And if you're on and if you're listening on Anchor.fm slash Caps and Pipes, please do leave us a voice message. Uh, we would love to hear your feedback on the show. Uh, this is an extra long episode of the show to make up for no, the we several weeks so that we haven't done. It. Be again um, we just haven't had a lot to talk about. Absolutely. It's good to it's good to be back and chatting yeah, with you again, Jason. Right. And I'll catch you in about twenty minutes. All right, take care. <laughs> we'll see you next week, hopefully, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye bye.